Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. It says in the book of Psalms, Shout unto God a voice of triumph. Shout unto God a voice of praise. We need to glorify God and celebrate him for all that he has done. And that's what today's about. I got my happy shirt on. We're celebrating 20 years as a church today. I used to wear these to preach in quite a bit, and then my kids became teenagers, and they're like, no. Mm. So, but I'm wearing it today because it's 20 years, and we're celebrating. Uh, those watching online, I want to I wanna challenge you to engage with Pastor Andrew today, send them celebrations, hand claps, celebrating what God's done in your life. We're gonna we're gonna be celebrating what God has done. Now, I hope you uh, hope you learned this phrase. We call it a Godsidence. Okay, when it when it looks like, oh wow, look at that coincidence, but you know God did it. It's a Godsidence. Okay, so I'm praying about what to preach, and we're wanting to celebrate what God's done over 20 years. We're reading through the Bible from cover to cover, so I can't, I don't deviate usually outside that one week, and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to preach on? And it just so happens, which means God planned it from the beginning of time, today's readings are on the Feast of Celebration for the Jewish people. Isn't that cool? Yeah, so so get ready, because that's what we're going to look at, how God gives them instructions to celebrate to have joy, to remember, reflect, celebrate, and find joy in the promises and the gifts and the miracles of God. And so we want to brag on God today. You got your Bibles? Go ahead and turn to Exodus 23. Exodus 23. We're going to look at verse 14 to 17. This is the the reading for today. Uh, So, it's going to challenge us to be people that celebrate what God's done. So verse 14 says, each year you must celebrate three festivals in my honor. First, celebrate the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. Pause there for just a minute. How would you like to have a seven-day celebration? Wouldn't that be a great, I mean, like if Christmas literally was seven days, and for seven days we came together and we celebrated for seven days. I don't know if my family could put up with me at home seven days, but it it could be a lot of fun. So for seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Now, why is that? Because they left so quickly out of Egypt. He said, make it unleavened bread because you won't have time for the bread to rise. And so they had unleavened bread for seven days. He says, celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring in the month of Abib, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. No one may appear before me without an offering. Second, celebrate the festival of harvest when you bring me the first crops of your harvest. Finally, celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season when you have harvested all the crops from your fields, all these three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign Lord. So these are just three feasts, and they're called to celebrate before the sovereign Lord. Let's go, Lord, in prayer and ask God to speak to us.
Lord, you've been so good to us. You've been so faithful. You've done miracles in our lives, whether it be the miracle of, of the hope that we have through Jesus, whether it be the miracle of that time we threw up that prayer in desperation and you heard us, whether it be the, the miracle of, of reconciling a broken relationship. Lord, we need your miracles. We need you, and we need that touch to remind us just how big you are. So I pray today, Lord, that you help me share and John and April share in a way that you are refreshed and honored. Pray that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you got your listening guide. That's a little piece of paper we pass out when you come in. If you got that, pull that out. Now we're gonna walk through some scripture passages together. And the first thing I want you to see is that we are called to remember the blessings of the Lord. What does he say there in verse 15? What are they remembering? They're remembering when Christ brought them out of Egypt. They are festivals in God's honor. And uh, verse 15 says, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. So if you don't know the story, the story is that the people of Israel were enslaved for 400 years. They cried out to the Lord over and over again, Lord, rescue us, rescue us. And over and over again, they, they cried, and the Lord heard those cries, and he sent Moses to deliver them from Egypt. And in one fell swoop, they were set free. They've been walking through the wilderness, and God's telling them now, I want you to remember what I did. What is it in your life that you prayed for that you needed at a, at a difficult season in your life? What is it that you ask of God, and he showed up. I want you to write it down. You got that sheet? I want you to write it on the sheet. If you don't have a sheet, get, to, get one of those envelopes. Give you something good to do with that envelope. You can put money in it later, even whatever. But, but I pull that envelope out if that's what you need to write on. And I, I want everybody, you got a pen? We got a pen right there. I want you to write down something that you can remember that God has done in your life. Maybe it was your salvation. Maybe it's the miracle of adoption of a child. Maybe you prayed, whatever it be, jot that down. Just take a minute, jot that miracle down. Okay, you got it down? Now you need to remember that. When the devil comes against you and says, what good is God? When the devil comes against you and says, there is no God. When the devil comes against you, tries to beat you down and say, where is God? You have this marker in your life to remember. Over and over again, the people of Israel used the, their deliverance from Egypt as a marker, as a rallying cry for what God had done. In my life, I'm so thankful that when I was 17 years old, a friend invited me to church, and I remember like it was yesterday, the pastor speaking and giving the invitation, and my heart being drawn to God, and me stepping out of that, that aisleway and saying, yes, God. I didn't see any bright lights. There weren't like angels singing hallelujah. I really don't even remember what I said to the guy when I went forward. I just knew that when I took that step and I walked out and I said, God, I'm in. 
That changed everything for me. In that moment, I went from serving Steve to serving Jesus. I, I didn't know everything, but I remember it and I celebrate it and I still haven't gotten over it yet. So what is it that you can remember what God has done? We need to remember. And then uh, Numbers 9, chapter 9, verse 14 tells us that this celebration they were supposed to have wasn't just for them. Verse 14 says, and if foreigners living among you want to celebrate the Passover to the Lord, they must follow these same decrees and regulations. The same laws apply to both native-born Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. So we need to invite others to celebrate with us. We need to be people that brag on God, celebrate God, talk about God, in such a way that others want to come alongside and go, tell me more. What is it that's going on in your life that seems to be so different? So first thing is remember. Second thing, we're called to celebrate. We're called to celebrate God's miracles in our lives. Look back at verse 15. He says, first, celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days the bread you eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time. Then verse 16, second, celebrate the festival of the harvest. Finally, celebrate the, the festival of the final harvest. Do you see a, a theme here? What's the theme? Celebrate, right? Why? It always blows my mind that why, as Christians, we want to be sticking the muds. I don't get it. I really don't. I know it's almost like some people think being holy means you're a stick in the mud. It's like you got to look like you've been sucking on sour pickle juice to be a Christian. And that is so not true. We should have the greatest joy in our life because of what God's done in our lives. We should have the greatest joy because we can celebrate something that's eternal and not temporary. We can have the greatest joy because we can look back on the miracles God has done and know there's a future and eternity for us and our families. We can have so much joy because now I don't expect everybody to wear Hawaiian shirts, although you might want to check this fashion out. It's coming back. It's coming back. I'm, I'm a trendsetter. I can tell. But, uh, but, but you can celebrate on a daily basis with what God has done. You can remember and you can celebrate. God told them to celebrate. Now, as you're reading through this, Matthew, Mark, I mean, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you're going to see that God tells them to bring their, their best meats, their best drinks, tells them to bring wine. He said, y'all come to the city. We're going to celebrate, and we're going to rejoice in who God is, his goodness, his love, his mercy, and his faithfulness. Now, wouldn't it be cool, uh, we might need to start pushing for this, if we literally took seven days to celebrate Easter, like we all took the same seven days off and hung out, and then seven days at Christmas, and we all took the same seven days, didn't work, and just hung out. And then the, the goodness of God, he didn't just give them those two seven days, he also gave them the festival of the first fruits, which was one day most of the time, when they would bring their harvest in, and it was always the day after the first Sabbath after the Passover. Does that make sense? Now, you, you know that Easter changes dates 
every year, right? Easter adjusts based on the Jewish calendar because Passover goes with the Jewish calendar. It's different than, than the calendar that we use. That's why Easter changes every year. Some years it's in March, some years it's in April. But this second festival here, the festival of the harvest, the fest, I mean, the festival of the first fruits is the first day after the first Sabbath, after the Passover. Now, I had to dig into this because I was having trouble understanding how that works. But because Passover changes days, sometimes the, uh, the Sabbath falls directly after the Passover. It just so happens that the day that Christ was crucified came at Passover, right? And they wanted him dead before the next day, because the next day was the Sabbath day. And they didn't want to be dealing with this on the Sabbath day. So, so they had him make sure he was dead before uh, the Sabbath day. So he was dead on the first day and then the Sabbath day. And then he rose the next day. You know what day that was? The festival of the first fruits. When I read that, I got God bumps on my arms. When you go, okay, God, that blows my mind. What he did, Jesus, was the first fruits of the resurrection. And it just so happens that God planted from the beginning of time that Jesus Christ would rise from the grave on the day they celebrate first fruits, celebrating the resurrection for us. Now, in this, we get to see how big God is. Uh, and what, what he has done for us. Now, 1 Corinthians, if you want to jot this down, I didn't have it in your notes, but 1 Corinthians 15, 20. You can read all of 1 Corinthians 15. It goes right along with this. But 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who fall asleep. And then in verse 23, he calls Jesus the first fruits of the resurrection. So, we can celebrate Christ being the first fruits of the resurrection. Listen, the hope we have in Jesus, when we sit and we consider eternity, the hope we have in Jesus is what we have when we sit with those that are passing. It's the hope that I can look people in the eye and say, if your husband, if your wife, if your child, if they knew Christ, you can see him again and not for this tiny little short term that we live on this earth, but for all eternity. God is good, and we have something to celebrate. You and I have something to celebrate. God has something to celebrate, and he celebrates it not just by himself, but he invites us in that. Now, Leviticus 23, they had a New Year's celebration. Leviticus 23, 23. The Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. On the first day of the morning month in early autumn, you're to observe a day of complete rest. It'll be an official day for holy assembly, a day commemorated with loud blasts of a trumpet. You must do no ordinary work on that day. Instead, you're to present special gifts to the Lord. So here's what I want you to see. The gifts were to the Lord. The celebration was to honor God. It wasn't a drunken wild fest. 
it was a celebration where they would take one was seven days, one was two days, one was seven days, one was one day. On these festivals, they would celebrate what God had done. And so I just want to challenge you. We're coming up on Easter this year. And I, I'm going to be challenging us to take 21 days out this year. 21 days and to start focusing 21 days out on what God has done and going to do. And be praying and for those that want to join us in a fast of something. Fasting some food, some special food, whatever. But taking 21 days this year to really focus on remembering what Christ has done for us in our salvation and celebrating who he is and all that he's done. God is such a good God. I mean, not only did he give us these, but he also gave them 12 moon festivals, new moon festivals. Every time they had a new moon, they'd have a celebration. They'd have a party to celebrate God. He gave them a day off every week. A lot of times back in those days, they, they didn't get days off. It was seven days a week. But in the Jewish culture, we're going to have six days of work. One day is holy, set apart from the Lord for rest. What a gift from God. So grateful that I don't have to work seven days a week, that the Lord gives us that call to rest. And the last thing, the third thing, is God wants us to find joy in him. He wants us to find joy in our relationship with him. That's the gift that he offers us, is this joy. Now, Deuteronomy 16, verse 13 to 15. If you got your Bibles, I want you to pull them out because I want you to circle or underline the number of times you hear the word happy or celebrate. Uh, so, Deuteronomy 16, 13. This is the last big feast. Uh, some call it the Feast of the Tabernacle. Some call it the Feast of the Shelters. But at the end of harvest, they would come into town. They all had to come. All Everybody had to come. And you would, you would camp for seven days in these little tents, bring your food, and you would enjoy fellowship with each other for seven days. It was like a big party for seven days. How awesome would that be? I think if we just all went and bought a camp, camper or tent, I'm all, yeah, we ain't doing no camp, tent camper. I, I know that ain't going to happen with everybody. Uh, so we can do glamping or tent camp. We just put them all over the property and hang out for seven days and like grill every day like a different food, like steaks one day and bacon the next and steaks one day and bacon the next. We could, Or you could do that grilled zucchini stuff and squash my wife likes that stuff, you know. Wouldn't that be like a, an awesome time together? God set it up that they could find joy and happiness in their life through these things. Look at verse 13. You must observe the festival of shelters for seven days at the end of the harvest season. After the grain has been threshed and the grapes have been pressed. So Paul's there. Basically, when you've got the big heavy work behind you, you need to celebrate your hard work. Verse 14, this festival will be a happy time of celebrating with your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, the Levites, the foreigners, the orphans, and widows from your towns. So they would come together, and everybody would bring enough food to share, and no matter what your life circumstance was, those seven days you look forward to, to enjoy that festival. And then 15, for seven days you must celebrate this festival to honor the Lord your God at the place he chooses. For it is he who blesses you with bountiful harvest and gives you success in all your work. This festival will be a time of great joy for all. Is God a good God? He is good. 
His mercies endure forever. His love is unending. I want you to meet a couple right now that God has done huge things in their lives. For our 20th anniversary, we were trying to figure out uh, who we wanted to bring in and, and share. And so I invited John and April Phillips, two of my very best friends, who, uh, who are now pastoring after, yeah, we can celebrate them. Woo! Don't know why John gets a ovation. I never get an ovation. I don't know. It must be for April, right? I get it now. I get it. Uh, we uh, are so blessed to have you guys today. For those that don't know, these guys launched out from the River Cookville seven years ago to start the River Sparta. And they took a team of 27 people, and the Lord has blessed that into a flourishing congregation. The Lord did a miracle, gave them land, property, have building, and just cool, cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I just, I still love telling y'all stories. It's all that God's <laughs> done. Uh, but I wanted y'all to hear from them, because some of you guys, you're coming for the first day today. You're coming, and some of you, man, you may have been, uh, had a bad week. You may have come in hungover this morning. You may have come being drugged by somebody else. You may have come with the same attitude that John came that we'll share in a minute. You're just here because you're trying to make your wife happy. But what I want you to know is that God's got a plan for you. And that no matter where you're at in your life, God can take you to that next step. So um, we'll start with April. April, before you guys came, you guys have been married. You had two kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, you weren't going to church. I've never been in church since I've been married. What was it that drew you to come the very first time? Well, we got a flyer you got in the a mail flyer. Mm -hmm. with your picture on it. <laughs> and I told John, I'm like, I know this guy. He's He was a youth pastor in Monterey where I grew up, and he was my brother and sister's youth pastor. I said, let's go try this out. I recognized some other people on the picture. It wasn't just you, mm -hmm. but saw some other people. I'm like, let's try this. this. We need this. We need to take our children to church. Okay, so doing it for the kids. We're doing it for the kids. Yeah. And, and John, you, you shared earlier that you didn't grow up in church, so why, no. why did you say yes? Why did you come? I was afraid. <laughs> afraid of what April might exactly, do? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, no, really, seriously, we, we'd been talking about it, and we knew very clearly that we wanted to raise our, you know, our children in a church, the boys up in a church, and, and April had you know, poured that into me more than once, so... <laughs> But uh, I really didn't want to have to be a part of it. You know that. You know what I told you. I didn't really want to be a part of it. I just wanted to get the kids to church, and that would be, you know, then they could do their thing, and then that will be great. And they'll know Jesus, and we'll be happy, right? Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much the, the thought in my mind about the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget the first time. I, I went and visited them in their home, and uh, April and John were there. And I came in, and then after a couple of minutes, April went in the kitchen, I think maybe to get something to drink. And while she was gone, gone, John Lurie pulled me aside and goes, now listen, we're coming to church because April wants that and she wants that for the kids, but don't ask me to do anything. And That's here true. he is, a pastor. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God's got a big sense of humor. Yeah, he really he does. does. So, yeah. yeah, he yeah. does. So. Okay, so you guys started coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, what was it that, that made you stick? I, it was kind of crazy because, I, I, you know, my, my story is where I, I, I grew up, you know, I didn't go to church much mm -hmm. at all. And where I did go to church is your typical Southern Baptist church. Anybody familiar? 
you know, they're going to kill you for Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so it was just, you know, the day we first day we come into the river, there's a Cane Creek, and everybody was so happy. You know, it was like, welcome, we're just glad to see you. Come on in, you know, you're, this is your, you know. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? I told April, I said, this is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, you know, over a period of time, though, seriously, walk, coming in and I started listening to the sermons. And, um, and Steve, you know, I know he wasn't preaching right at me, but, you know, you know how the power of the Holy Spirit works. And uh, things he began to say in those sermons began to touch my heart, and I could see clearly that I needed a relationship with Christ. Um, so it's a decision that uh, changed everything in my life. And it's one of the most, you, you asked earlier what was a big thing here. That's it, my relationship with Christ. That's the number one thing that I can think of that's celebrating. Oh, by the way, happy celebration, happy anniversary day. So. <laughs> Amen. Uh, April, what about you? What what moved you from somebody that just walked in the door and said, we're going to sit on the back row to, because you jumped in first and then got involved. You actually came on staff at the church and uh, then y'all went with our first church plant. You you reached out and you went with our first church plant uh, in Baxter called Crossroads. What, what moved you from point A to point B? It was um, God using his people to move me from A to B and seeing some of the faces in first service and some of the faces now, it was a lot of you watching your relationship with Christ. I wanted that. I wanted that level of involvement that the, the bringing people up when Marty and Amy, we prayed over them Mm -hmm. when she was pregnant. I mean, praying for Steve and Lori to have, um, when they were adopting Josie, praying for that, watching Brian and Meredith come here for you know, peanuts <laughs> to lead worship. I mean, I wanted that level of faith that I saw God's people walking out. So it's like, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Awesome. John, what, what led you after giving your life to Christ? And let me tell you, uh, man, we got some great stories of what God's done I remember sitting in life group, John, at the Stout's house. Oh, yeah. And uh, we were doing Bible study with a, a new couple that came in. And John just looks over at Edgar and goes, Edgar, isn't this just mind-blowing? Two years ago, you were bartending and I was drinking, and now we're at Bible study. What's up with that? <laughs> true story. And I, true. A true story, I know. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you know, how good is God? How good is God? Now, 15 years later, you're pastoring and leading the flock at, at River Sparta. John, how did you get from point A to point B? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kind of like, uh, uh, you know, um, I don't want to get you too big, you know, give you too big a head, but here's the truth of it, you know. You allowing me to do things inside the body of Christ mm-hmm. and trusting me to do those things. And, you know, if, you, if I had an idea of something, I could go to Steve and I'd say, here's this idea. And he would say, well, let's go with it. And that was exciting because, you know, to have somebody to believe in you enough. And I never, you know, I never had that in my life, really. And that was, a, that was an awakening moment. So, you know, it's, it's being trusted in the midst of all everything that God's doing. And here's the thing. God, he'll take you into... You know, I worked with youth, I worked in, with the singles, I worked with, uh, you know, uh, what was it, which one, oh, the life groups. And, but I didn't realize at the time, I thought, why, 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 Lord, if I not, can I find something that, you know, that I can stick with? I'm, you know, because I was just so across the board. Then I realized, 
Now it's a lead pastor. I'm just going to train you up in these different things and prepare you for something. And that's exactly what he was doing. So you got to you got to step up and you know and step out sometimes. And even if you're afraid, even if you're afraid in those things, but it's in those moments God will train you up for the mission and the ministry that he has for you. I want you to hear that. And you're in the perfect place for that. You're in the perfect environment for that. John, April, both of you, one thing I saw that y'all haven't brought out because you're not going to point attention to yourself, but y'all were both hungry. After you got born again, you were like, what do I need to do now? What do I need to do now? And I threw you into leading a life group and uh, I called on you to pray and you're like, no, no, get somebody else to pray. Somebody else to pray. But you were willing to take those steps. And then, then I saw you get hungry for the Word of God and, like, love and studying and growing and, and understanding those promises. And then as you began doing ministry, it's just a cool story because as they launched out to plant the church, both their sons went with them and both of them leading out. Yes, Aaron's been leading worship for you guys for seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Jake's been playing drums, and how cool is that to get to see them flourish? It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. God is good. So what would you say? There's folks all different backgrounds. Some have been believers long time. Some are new, new to their faith. What would you say to folks out there uh, that they could do to get from point A to point B? I'll start with, with April. What would you say? Um, I want you to hear that you are called if you belong to Jesus, you are called. He has a purpose for your life. Is it to be the best employee you can be and share your faith there? Maybe. Always, yes. But is it to um, raise your children to know the Lord? Yes. For some of you, it might be quit your job. You're going to serve me all the time. Uh, a complete 180 on what you're doing now. The key is to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. It's scary. It's very scary sometimes, but it's not about your comfort. It's about God's call on your life, and Amen. it's for His glory. It's for His glory. Well, let me, let me touch on that for just okay. a second, because you mentioned in first service that when, when John was feeling the call to spot at first, mm -hmm. You were like, I, I don't no. think so. I don't think it's what God's saying. Oh, she said no. <laughs> <laughs> she said no. That's right. I, I wasn't and, there yet. Right. Yeah, you weren't there yet. It was a process. It That's was. my point. It's a yeah. process. And then John told me, he said, you like sat up in bed one day and just said, John, it's part of Is that right? Yeah, it's time. It's time. It's the time. Holy That's Spirit right. woke me up and said, it's time. I'm like, okay, it's time. So, Amen. So hearing that voice of God. Knowing you're called mm -hmm. and just stepping into and it. doing what he says. Awesome. It's worth it. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. John, what about you? I agree with, you know, she said, you're talking about everybody's called. That's absolutely true. You're all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope you know and hear that. But um, here's something I see very clearly. And in in, in, I've talked about my, my people there in Sparta. This same thing is fear. Uh, don't let fear kneecap God's call over your life. That's the way I'm going to say it to you. And that's what happens. He will cripple your call with fear. And it, it, we, we see it all the time. That's one of the number one problems inside the church. That's why you, you can look these numbers up. Don't trust me. on About 90% of people that call themselves Christians never share their faith with anyone because they're afraid to. Well, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I mess somebody up? And I got a, that's a true story. I told Steve one time, I don't want to mess anybody up. And he, got, he said, oh, you're going to mess people up. 
So I don't know what that meant, but anyway. So what it meant was that none of us are perfect. That's true, yeah. And the only way to ensure that you won't ever say the wrong thing is not to say anything at all. Yes. And right? Look at the look at the disciples. I mean yes. What about Peter? You know, he's like denied Jesus three times. James and John, in the moment, they're like, can we call fire from heaven to just kill everybody? I mean, and Jesus entrusted them to lead the church. Yeah, so I just say, if you believe what you read, if you believe you're a new creation in Christ, then not trying to be hard, but act like it. And don't let fear tear you down. Step up and step out in the calling that God's got for your life. Amen. Amen. Well, I want us to pray over these guys and pray over the River Sparta and what God's got. I mean, just wait till y'all celebrate 20 years, guys. It'll blow your mind how quickly it'll get there. Okay, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for my brother and sister. I pray that your Holy Spirit will so infuse them, so light them on fire, God, that everybody in Sparta will know that there's something different. I pray, God, that you use them mightily, Lord, that you bring people that are far from you like like you brought John here. I pray that you bring people to, to River Sparta, God. I pray they'll be born again and find hope and joy in Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that you ignite them to be this awesome team that they are and their whole church to be this awesome family that it is to make an impact so that Sparta will be a different place in 20 years. Mm-hmm. We pray all this in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you. Good job, guys. I I wanted you to hear their story because, like you said, fear sometimes holds people back. And I hear people say, Well, I can't I can't do this because I've done this in my past. Well, God can't use me because I I started ministry and then I gave up and I'm just done. Listen, you look through who we're reading. Matter of fact, the new series we're going to be doing, we're going to be looking at some of these guys we call heroes in the Old Testament and realizing that they weren't perfect men either. When we mess up, we fess up, we move on. And and John's right. Listen, if you step out to serve God, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to do it perfectly because you're not perfect, but we serve a perfect Savior. And He wants to have a relationship with everybody in this room today. And if you're here today and you've never been born again, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and said, Lord, I give you everything, I can't think of a better day than today. As we celebrate 20 years, can't think of a better day to step out and say, Lord, I want it all. And so we're going to do an invitation. This first song is going to be an invitation to come and and give it all to God. Now, if you're here today and you're a follower of Christ, uh, I'm going to invite you to come forward and pray. Maybe you want to come on this side and you can pray. And and if you haven't written the names of your loved ones and family on the stage yet, come write their names on that we can pray. I was praying over those this morning. Just come put those up here that we can pray. Maybe you want someone to pray with you. The right side over here, if you come and you kneel here, And maybe you just need someone to pray with you for a family member or to pray with you for something you're walking through. Come forward. Let someone pray over you. And then we have the prayer room in the back. There's something going on that you need to really talk through with somebody. We have the prayer room in the back. Go back there and let them listen and pray over you. And then I'll be in the middle. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to come forward today 
that we might celebrate your new birth of being born again, walking with Jesus Christ. So if you would stand with me. And then as the, the team leads us, pray. Be obedient. As April and John said, step out and take that step to what God's telling you to do. If you're watching online, you can make a decision as well. Don't just think, well, I'm not there. You make that decision. You choose to give it all. Hey, guys, thanks so much for checking us out online today. If you want more information about the church or things that's going on here, be sure to check out theriverCC.com or download our app and visit us there. Also, as we go through the Bible this year, we want to help keep you engaged on what's being read and talked about each week. To do that, we have a podcast called The Word This Week, which will recap each week's readings, as well as have special guests who will talk about what God showed them that week. So be sure to check that out on all podcast streaming platforms. And again, thanks so much for checking us out online.